you have a Bible this morning, I want to invite you to open up to the book of John chapter six, John chapter six. And I see a lot of you doing the, the fan. You got the fan going on and that's because the air wasn't on. In fact, the heat was. So we got that taken care of. Uh, it's that confusing time of year in Alabama when it's 40 degrees in the morning and cold in this room. And then by the time you get here, it's 90. So we're, uh, it's a little warm in here, but we got the AC on now and uh, there's that. So today's Compassion Sunday at Alberta Baptist. And I, I wanna try to give you an answer to a question. The question is this, why have Compassion Sunday? Why do it? Uh, we had several choices when we were talking about Compassion Sunday. One uh, choice is to, we could show a, a video and have a table out in the foyer and we could mention it. The other was we could uh, have a table, we could show a video and, and we could have a story as Pastor Keith did earlier. You know, he got to meet his Compassion Kids. How cool is that? That's great. But we wanted to do more. And what we wanted to do is have everything that we really do today, of course, be about the gospel of Jesus. But we want to see the gospel of Jesus being proclaimed through this wonderful ministry of Compassion International. And so, you know, I don't know. I may be the first T-shirt to preach on a Sunday morning in Alberta. I don't know. But I wanted to do anything I could so that you understand that we are for Compassion International. We believe in the ministry of Compassion International. Compassion International is, uh, they are local church based. They do everything through the local church. You go over, I'm sure I, I, I should have asked beforehand, but I bet if we went with Keith on his trip, we would have visited local churches to meet the kids. Am I right? Yes, it's through the local church and it's Christ-centered and it's children-specific, okay? They, they love kids and they're meeting the needs of kids who are living in extreme poverty. And so today we're gonna answer the question, you know, why Compassion Sunday. Uh, Before we look at John chapter six to do that, I want to show you a video and uh, let's make sure, make sure we got some lights down, everybody paying attention uh, for this video. If y'all can kick that at any point, that'd be awesome. Go for it. A child is waiting. A child is waiting. There are children around the world waiting. Children are waiting. I live here with my family, my mom and dad, and all my brothers. I am the only daughter. Our home is built over a very dirty river. And when the storms happen, our home floods with water and garbage. This is a scary place when it gets dark. People get drunk and fight all the time. I do not go outside at night because I don't know what would happen. 
Even though I live in this place, I have been sponsored for 14 years by Arlie and Nancy. I call them mom and dad. Although we are countries apart, I know they chose me. They tell me, Eunice, we remember you. We love you. You are like our own daughter. Because of my sponsors, I had the opportunity to go to the Compassion Program at the church in my neighborhood. For all these years, my sponsors and my church have helped me to receive better food and medicine. With the help of my sponsors, I will be able to work, to help my own family. When I was nine, my compassion teacher shared Jesus with us, and that's when I accepted Christ. Even though I am poor, He has provided my church. He gave me sponsors who love me. God will never leave us. I want to share everything I have learned with kids who are like me other children who need sponsors because they also experience poverty. I want them to feel the joy of having a sponsor, to get a letter that says, I love you, you are special to me. With the help of our sponsors, we can grow up and finish our studies and learn how to live our faith in Jesus. I want to serve the Lord and I won't stop serving Him because He does not stop loving me and taking care of me and my family. There are children around the world waiting. Waiting for a sponsor like you. Like you. Release a child from poverty in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. child is waiting for you. Sure, most of you didn't notice that big thing in our parking lot out there. <laughs> but in case you did, uh, that is called the Compassion Experience. Just out of curiosity, if you have gone through the Compassion Experience in the last two days here, will you raise your hand just so I can kind of see? Okay, yeah, well, we've got a lot of work to go there. You know, there's a lot of, a lot of you that have not... The Compassion Experience takes you through the life uh, and the story of three individuals with a story much like this young girl's and walks you through. You get to experience. This is what her room looked like. This is where I slept. This is where I went to school. And this is what happened when Compassion International uh, came into my life. And ultimately, this is what happened when Christ changed my heart. I I encourage every one of you to go through. I I took my girl's through the experience on uh, Friday afternoon. And we, we went in, and just for the record, it's really difficult to take an 18-month-old uh, through. But we, we tried, and we went through the story of Olive. Olive, was a, a, she is a girl uh, who now lives in Georgia, but she's from Uganda. And we were going through, and we were listening to Olive's story. And I, I was wondering, you know, are, does Lucy and Annie, like, are they, are they understanding what they're hearing? Are they able to grasp? You've got some headphones on and you're, you know, literally just listening to uh, someone tell their story. And we were on the second scene. 
And I looked at Lucy, and she, her eyes were filled with tears. Filled with tears. One blink, and they started falling. And I put my hand on her shoulder to kind of bring her over, and her little hand just cut mine and uh, tore me up. And, and I, I just watched the Lord open up her little eyes. Uh, Annie Ruth, she is four And she has been talking about this all weekend. She's been trying to put herself in the place of other people. She's been trying to understand uh, what else we could do for the needs of those who are in extreme poverty. We went through the experience together. Helped change my heart. Well, we we sponsored a a new, uh, we have a new sponsored child now. Her name is Hazen. And uh, well, I'll talk about her a little bit at the, at the end. But, but I, I just want to encourage you, go through the experience. What we want to do today is I, I want to show you three reasons why we would have Compassion Sunday. And I'll go ahead and tell you what they are beforehand so I can direct you and help me stay on track. Okay? The, the three reasons, are, uh, three goals is we, we want you to see the need. We want you to see the need. We want you to understand or see uh, Christ and his compassion. And we want you to be able to make a difference. And, and, and if I could word it this way, here's what we want to see. When I say see the need, we want to create in this room, in your hearts, poverty awareness. The, the second part, I, I want you not just to see Christ's heart from one scene from the book of John, but I want you to see God's heart for specifically the poor throughout all of scripture. And then I want you to see how in the power of Christ, we, we can make a difference. We can make a difference. That's what we're gonna do uh, today. So if you will, join with me in, in John chapter six, looking at a story that probably all of you are familiar with in some way. This is Jesus feeding of the 5,000 men. And, and, you know, anytime we say that 5,000 men, we have to understand that it may have been 10,000, 15,000 people when you include the women and children. Uh, but this is a scene that you know about. And if, if you'll remember, uh, Jesus, he was uh, on a mountain and we're told in all four of the gospel accounts of this scene, it's the only, it's the only story that is found in all four gospel accounts. And, and we see it here, it's the feeding of the thousands. Jesus is with his disciples and there are people that have been following him for days. This is really the, uh, probably the heightened uh, part of his ministry as far as popularity goes. This is about a year before he would be crucified. And Jesus had people just flocking to him. He also had people wanting to kill him for the first time. The chapter five of, of John, we, we find out that, that some of the religious leaders, they heard him uh, making himself equal to God and therefore they wanted to kill him. And it's in this context, in this setting, that Christ is now, uh, he's kind of gotten off of the beaten path and people are still flocking to him. And so I wanna pick up in John chapter six, Reading in verse 2, you'll see it says, A large crowd was following him because they saw the signs that he was doing 
on the sick. It says, Jesus went up on the mountain and there he sat down with his disciples. Now the Passover, the feast of the Jews was at hand. Verse five says, lifting up his eyes then and seeing that a large crowd was coming toward him, Jesus said to Philip, where are we to buy bread so that these people may eat? I want to read the same, uh, the same timeline for you in the other gospel account so you can kind of get an idea of what's going on. You don't have to flip there, but just listen to this. Mark chapter 6, verse 34 says that when Jesus went ashore, he saw a great crowd and he had compassion on them. He felt something for him. He had, for them. He had compassion on them. Why? He said, because they were like sheep without a shepherd. Jesus feeling compassion for those who he lifted up his eyes and he saw. Matthew verse uh, Matthew chapter 14, verse 13 and 14 says, Now when Jesus heard this, he withdrew from there in a boat to a desolate place by himself. But then the crowds heard and they followed him on foot from the towns. When he went ashore, he saw a great crowd and he had compassion on them and he healed their sick. Last one, Luke Chapter 9. I just want you to, to get a feel for what's going on. Verse 11 tells us in chapter 9 of Luke when the crowds learned it, that where he had gone, they followed him and he welcomed them and he spoke to them of the kingdom of God and he cured those who had need of healing. Now the day began to wear away, and the twelve said to him, Send the crowd away to go into the surrounding villages and the countryside to find lodging and get provisions, for we're here in a desolate place. But Jesus said to them, you give them something to eat. What I want you to see, first of all, why why Compassion Sunday? I want you to see from this passage, from this story, uh, I want you to see the, the need for you to see worldwide poverty. To, to see the need that is before our eyes if we will open them. In this scene, Jesus lifts up his eyes. And as he lifts up his, you can be sure that the disciples were seeing the same thing. They saw a crowd of people. They saw people who were hungry, who were tired, who were needy. And they all began to imagine how should we Respond Now, Christ, being the sovereign God of all things, he, of course, knows what is to happen. He knows what needs to take place, but the disciples don't. And when they see the need, they all begin to, uh, you know, to go crazy in their mind and, and feel the pressure that they know they, they, they can see. We, we can't do anything about this need here. And so they begin to get upset. They begin to try to get rid of the people, to try to suppress the atmosphere around them. By the power of the Lord, I, I pray that today he would open up your eyes to see not just the needs that exist in your life, but the needs that exist around the world. Compassion International really helps us to do this as we watch videos and as we see people's stories. They also do this by giving us a lot of facts. And so I want, I want to provide for you some, some poverty facts. This is what is happening in real life. About every 30 seconds, a child dies of malaria. 
a preventable and treatable disease. Uh, To put this in perspective, two of uh, Keith and Teresa's grandchildren came down with malaria within one week of each other. Both of them, who, by the way, live in Africa, both of them received medicine ASAP, and both of them were doing well within a week. It it took the right medicine. It took the right access. Every 30 seconds, a child dies of malaria. No less precious in the eyes of God than the pew kids. No, No less made in the image of God than the pew kids. But with no access to what they need. An estimated 67 million primary school age children worldwide do not attend school. Now, in my house, it's, I mean, the question's always going, you know, about school is, you know, uh, are we doing the right thing with our kids' education? What would be the best thing to do? You know, just exploring all the different avenues and uh, accesses to, to education that we have in Tuscaloosa, uh, specifically, uh, wonderful ways for your children to get education. Uh, whatever you, whatever you're passionate about it, they're all good. Okay, 67 million kids who should be in school getting educated or not. They don't have the access. They don't have the motivation. They don't have the encouragement. About 2.4 billion people, please hear this. 2.4 billion people. We've got to get out of our, our little you know, what we saw this morning. We got to leave that for a second. 2.4 billion people on this planet live on less than $2 per day. That is, that is, that is real. Less than $2 per day, making them extremely vulnerable to natural disasters, illness, food shortages, and other kinds of instability. I mean, we had the tornado come through and just, I mean, it was like an apocalypse here. Like it was crazy. You know, if you walk the streets after the tornado, oh man, you, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Like it was, it was crazy. But by God's grace, less than 60 people lost their lives. And those are 60 people, precious in the eyes of God, I, I know. But worldwide, a disaster even close to that hits. And it's thousands upon thousands upon thousands lose their life. Trying to explain this to my kids in the car, I, I said, you know, what happens when we get sick? Lucy's like, we go to the doctor. Yeah. You're right, Lou, we do, we go to the doctor. And, and what happens when we go to the doctor? We get medicine. Okay, we get medicine, okay, great. So like, we, we go to the doctor and we get medicine. I said, what do you think would happen if we couldn't get it? She's like, we'd still be sick. Yeah. Sorry, we would still be sick. Uh, you know, like... Uh, I mean, it's just literally thinking through normal life as we have it, we see it, we experience it. It's not like that worldwide. 2.4 billion people living on less than $2 per day. 19,000 children die every day due to conditions of poverty. Because I know you, I know you in this room. Somebody's already thinking, I know what you're doing. 
Somebody's a theological sniper in the room. Okay, I don't know who you are, but you're getting ready. Okay, you got your little sniper ready. We're all spiritually poor. Okay, I'm ready. I know. The poor will always be with you. Hey, I, I can shoot it back at you too. I know, the, I know what God's word says. I know that we're all spiritually poor. And I know very much the heart of God is that his people who are spiritually poor, who were in the depths of poverty, that the one who was eternally rich became poor so that us in our poverty might become rich. I know the gospel. And the gospel message is people who recognize their spiritual poverty and were raised up to life in Christ Jesus to the eternal riches that he gives us. We are to be moved to those who are physically poor. And if you miss that, you miss the Bible from Genesis to Revelation. You missed it. That is the call that God gives to his people throughout scripture to meet the needs of those who have no voice. I want you to not say that you walked out of this room and you weren't aware. I want you to know. Each day, 10,000 newborns in developing countries die within a month of birth. Oh man, there's, I got so many. I'll give, I'll give you a couple more. We just wanna, I, want, I want you to get it. 800 women every day, 800 women every day die from causes related to pregnancy, childbirth, or postpartum. I'm not saying it doesn't happen here, but that doesn't seem real to me. 800 mothers lose their life a day. Last one, up to two-thirds of newborn deaths can be prevented if known. Effective health measures are provided at birth and during the first week of life. So many things that we receive that most of the world cannot receive. But Compassion International, they recognize this and they're there. Compassion International is giving us today the opportunity to partner with a child who doesn't have the care they need and provide the care that would save their life and change their family's history. The reason why we have Compassion Sunday is so that you'll see. So that you'll see. If you're like me, when you see big numbers and big scenes, you're overwhelmed. John chapter 6, that's what the disciples were. They were trying to figure out everything. You know, if we were to go into a town nearby and we gave everything we have, we couldn't provide enough food. We wouldn't be able to take care of even hardly any of the needs that are here. We would just feed a few. Jesus, we don't even have food really for ourselves right now. What are we supposed to do? And they just all were doing exactly what I know I would do. And if there's anybody in the room that you're kind of a worrier, You get anxious over things like that. Like people are coming over and you're like, we don't have fruit. We don't have food. The house is dark. Like imagine you're at this scene. What are we going to do? 
Now, Jesus, we're told, asked them, he put it, he put the ball in their court to test them. That's what the word of God tells us, to test them. Because he knew what they were going to do and he knew what he was going to do. And he knew that their hearts were going to be challenged and pressed. He knew that one day they would get it. And by the way, they don't really get it after this day somehow. I don't know how, but they, they don't. And, and for most of us, we won't get this after today either. But God's at work. He's at work. And, and what I want you to do is, is first, I, I want you to see the need. Secondly, though, I want you to feel Christ's compassion, the compassion that he has for those in extreme poverty. Uh, if you will, let's walk through several passages, and, I, and I've, I've got most of them, I think, that'll pop on uh, the screen for you to see. I, I just, I don't want you to think I'm making this up. There are over 2,000 references in the Bible to the poor. I, I used just a couple, Okay. But I want you to understand God's heart. Does God care? Does God care about the, the poor? Uh, Mother Teresa, she said this. She said, when a poor person dies of hunger, it has not happened because God did not care of him or her. It happened because neither you nor I wanted to give that person what he or she needed. You can argue if you want to with that quote, but I think it gives insight into potentially what Christ's people are saying around the world when they see needs going unmet. I want you to feel Christ's compassion today. We're told that there in John 6, when Jesus saw it, it said he had compassion on the people. Uh, Compassion uh, means to suffer with, and of course, Jesus Christ has suffered with unlike anyone has ever suffered with. Jesus, of course, is going to give his own life and and suffer on the cross and die in our place that we might not die ourselves, but receive eternal life. Jesus knows how to meet our needs unlike anyone knows how to meet a need. But I want you to see the compassion that God has for the poor throughout Scripture. Uh, Psalm 146 uh, reading, starting in verse seven through nine, we're told of the Lord that he executes justice for the oppressed and he gives food to the hungry. Uh, when you hear the word justice, a lot of times you, you think of the ultimate justice of God, you know, God's punishment, him punishing evil. Justice is more than just that. Justice is, yes, the punishing of evil. It's also the the lifting up or the holding up of what's good. And so justice is also giving someone who's thirsty water, someone who's hungry food, someone who's naked clothes. That's also justice. And, and when you see, if you read the prophets, if you, uh, and we'll see some references here in just a minute. A lot of times when you see the word justice, it's referring to God's people's movement towards meeting the needs. So like there was something they needed and they couldn't get it. You had it. And so you were able to take what you had and meet the need of someone who had not. Uh, that is another way to describe justice. Um, Micah 6, 8, he has told you, O man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you but to do justice, to love kindness, and to walk humbly with your God? 
Psalm 33, 5. The Lord watches over the sojourners. He upholds the widow and the fatherless. But the way of the wicked he brings to ruin. I actually just read the wrong verse. That was a great verse, though, wasn't it? That was Psalm 146, 9. Uh, Psalm 33, 5. He loves righteousness and justice. The earth is full of the steadfast love of the Lord. Deuteronomy chapter 10, verse 17, uh, 17 to 19. For the Lord your God is a God of gods and Lord of lords, the great, the mighty, and the awesome God, who is not partial and takes no bribe. He executes justice for the fatherless and the widow, and he loves the sojourner, giving him food and clothing. And he tells his people, listen to this call. He says, love the sojourner. Therefore, why? Because you were sojourners in the land of Egypt. Don't forget where you came from. Meet the need of those in that same state. Verse 19 of chapter 27 of Deuteronomy. Cursed be anyone who perverts the justice due to the sojourner, the fatherless and the widow. All the people shall say, Amen. Proverbs 31, 8, and I'm going to read this in the NIV, says, Speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves, for the rights of all who are destitute. Speak up and judge fairly. Defend the rights of the poor and the needy. Jeremiah chapter 9, verse 23 and 24 says, Thus says the Lord, Let not the wise man boast in his wisdom. Let not the mighty man boast in his might. Let not the rich man boast in his riches, but let him who boasts, boast in this, that he understands and knows me, that I am the Lord who practices steadfast love, justice, and righteousness in the earth. For in these things I delight, declares the Lord. Isaiah chapter 58, it's already been read, but what happens previous is the people are defending their religious acts. They're saying, but Lord, did you see when we were fasting? Did you see all that we were doing? Did you see how we were talking about you and we were celebrating you and we were gathering together about you? And and, and he says, what you were doing didn't win my heart. In fact, this is the fast that I choose for you to loosen the bonds of wickedness, undo the straps of the yoke, to let the oppressed go free and to break every yoke. Verse 7 of 58, listen to it. Is it not, is this not what I called you to? Is this not the fast? He says, is it not to share your bread with the hungry and bring the homeless poor into your house? When you see the naked to cover him and not to hide your face from your own flesh. Then shall your light break forth like the dawn and your healing shall spring up speedily. Your righteousness shall go before you and the glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. Listen to this next part. What a great verse. Look at verse uh, 10. If you pour yourself out for the hungry and you satisfy the desire of the afflicted, then shall your light rise in the darkness and your gloom be as the noonday. What a beautiful passage. What a strong passage. This is God's heart. I want to show you a couple more. Matthew 25. You you know this one. Christ speaking of judgment day. And what does he he say? Because listen, I, I absolutely adore corporate worship. I love small groups. I love meeting with our people. Our our vision here is to help you know God, find community, and live on mission. I love everything that we're doing. 
I love it. But I want you to see we can't miss the heart of God for what, if we just gather and constantly talk about, we need to meet the needs of the poor and we need to do this and we need to do that, but we don't actually do it. It's worthless. It's worthless. That's what God says throughout his word. I'm not saying it. I'm not just a passionate 33 year old. Listen, that's what God says. Matthew 25, listen to Jesus himself say it. Verse 31, when the son of man comes in his glory and the angels with him, then he will sit on his throne, his glorious throne before him. He will, he will be, uh, will be gathered all the nations and he will separate people one from another as a a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats and he will place the sheep on his right, but the goats will be on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, come, you who were blessed by the father and inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Listen to verse 35. For when I was hungry and you gave me food, and when I was thirsty and you gave me drink, when I was a stranger, you welcomed me. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. The righteous will answer him and say, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you drink? When did we see you a stranger and welcome you or naked and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king, Jesus, will answer, truly, I say to you, as you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers, you did it to me. That was Christ's words. And it's not all positive. You leave here. And it's, but, but when did we not see you? When, when did we not feed you? What you didn't do for the least of these, my brothers, you did not do to me. I'm telling you, when, when you sponsor a child from compassion, you serve Jesus. That's real. You serve Jesus. That's why we have Compassion Sunday. Somebody might say, well, how, how, can you, how can you keep saying this is God's heart? One wonderful reason I can say it's God's heart is when Jesus Christ comes back, there will be no more poverty. God's heart is so great that he'll just remove poverty from existence. I started thinking this week, I said, man, if I could experience what I will be experiencing 10,000 years from now, if I could see what I will see 10,000 years from now, how would it affect how I move towards people's needs today? How would it change the way that I lived? I want to read for you a couple more passages. And know, know this, I think this is so interesting. The the World Bank, uh, their official goal is to reduce poverty. I mean, that's, that's what the, the reduction of poverty. But they believe by uh, 2030 that if, if the right things took place and the right uh, generosity was had, that we could actually alleviate extreme poverty. I, I don't know if that'll happen. It'd be awesome. I, I, I think for the extreme poverty, uh, it, it could happen take place. But I know this, that when Christ comes back in his kingdom, there'll be no more poor. 
No more poverty will exist. I want to read for you just a couple of scenes from the Bible. This is Isaiah chapter 25. And I want you to ask the question, is there poverty here? That's what I want you to ask. Do you see poverty, feel poverty on this page? Here it is. Isaiah 25, verse six. On this mountain, another mountain with the Lord, okay? On this mountain, the Lord of hosts will make for all peoples a feast of rich food, a feast of well-aged wine, of rich food, full of marrow, of aged wine, well-refined. And he will swallow up on this mountain the covering that is cast over all peoples, the veil that is spread over all nations. Verse eight, this is the word of our God. It says, he will swallow up death forever. The Lord God will wipe away tears from all faces. And the reproach of his people, he will take away from all the earth for the Lord has spoken. This, of course, reminds us of Revelation 21, verse 1 through 4. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away and the sea was no more. I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them and they will be his people and God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning nor crying nor pain anymore for the former things have passed away. That's God's heart. That's where we're headed. But what about now? John chapter six, Jesus is going to, in his power, the one that can speak things into being, the one that created all the fish in the sea, he has a little boy that has brought his lunchbox to one of the disciples. The disciples takes his lunchbox, uh, two pieces of fish, five loaves of bread. He takes this little lunchbox and he is going to speak into existence meals for everyone there for the thousands of people that are there. The next day, they're gonna come looking for Jesus. They say, we want that, that bread again. We want that fish, man, that was good. And they're gonna come to Jesus and Jesus says, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> you're just coming to me because yesterday your tummy was really empty and I filled it full. But what you need to hear most is this is that as Moses saw the bread come from heaven in the, in the wilderness, so the son of man, me, has come to you. I am the bread from heaven. I'm the bread of life. Anyone who eats of me, they'll live forever with me. They'll have eternal life. Jesus proclaims the heart his heart is not just that someone would eat a meal or someone be, would be cared for. His heart is that for all of eternity, they would experience what we just read with him. And he came and he died and he rose from the grave that anyone who looks to him receives the bread from heaven, the bread of life, who can satisfy the desire of every living thing. 
Jesus Christ. Today, I wanted you to see three things. I wanted you to see the need. I wanted you to see Christ's compassion. And lastly, I wanted you to see that you can make a difference. That you can make a difference in the power of God. Or with the power of God. Today, I've got three, uh, three cards up here. Three, three stories. I've got Jose. Jose was born February 16th of 2009. Jose's from Mexico, and uh, he's a compassion child. Uh, I've got Samuel. He's from Rwanda. He was born June 18th of 2011. He's got a pretty awesome V-neck sweater on right here, looking cute. And uh, Samuel is, is a compassion child. One of you can sponsor Samuel. Of course, you know, with a, a dad of three girls, I had to, I had to find me a, a little girl here that... Her name is Precious. I mean, what you going to do about that? Okay. Her name is Precious. She was born July 3rd of 2012. She lives in the, the, Phyllis, the Philippines. Uh, I'm told from her here, release me from poverty in Jesus' name. That's what this card says. There, there's a, I don't know if you noticed this, but on everything that you receive from, from compassion, everything that you uh, see, even on the, on the corners of uh, everything they mail out on their envelopes, everything, there's a little, a little blue corner. And, and that's to represent several things. It's kind of like the, the field of Boaz in the book of Ruth, that there was a, a portion of the field, of course, separated for those who were gleaning or, or for the poor. Uh, but, but what the, the symbol really is, is, hey, make sure to portion off part of your life, your heart, your finances, your mind, to, to think about those who are in need. Compassion has that. That's, that's like a, a mission for them, and it's seen on everything they do. I'm telling you, you can make a difference in the life of a child today. I'm going to ask Jennifer, if you would, to, to go ahead and come up. And, and, and while, while you're doing that, I, I just want to tell you, it's start, listen, $38 a month. I, I was, I've talked to many of you over the last uh, you know, numerous years, so, almost 10 years that I've, I've been on, on staff here. But, but over the last couple of years, I've gotten to know a lot of you better than I ever have before. And, and I know a lot of our, our senior adults, uh, a lot of times you've told me stuff like this. You've said, you know, I just don't know what I have to contribute. I, I just don't know if I have uh, what I used to to be able to contribute. I don't know what to do. I want you to know, Every one of you that can separate $38 a month, you can sponsor, you can know the name, you can know what's happened in their life, you can play a, uh, a role in literally their lives being transformed in Jesus' name by sponsoring a child. Write letters to them, get to know them, tell them about your life. I, I want to make a statement as, as this, is, is that... Your lunchbox matters. Your lunchbox matters. You say, what are you talking about? Listen, as the little boy gave his uh, lunchbox, it made me start thinking about my family. And, and listen, when we go out to eat as a family, you know, and it, it's not the story of everybody. And some of you are like, well, quit eating so healthy and it wouldn't cost so much. But, but, but listen, when I, when I go out to eat, you know, 
most of the time, it's going to be close to $30 or so for, for my family to eat. If, if not 38, okay, you go to the right, the right place. For one lunch a month, for one dinner a month, and be a little helpful in, in helping think through this, for one date night a month, we can help radically change the life of an individual person. Someone God made. And I want to tell you, your lunchbox matters. Will you give your lunchbox to help sponsor a child? Will you do that? We're hoping for today 50 sponsors. I think that would be incredible. And I know that we have the means. Your, your response today is, is, listen to this. There's many ways to respond. When you, when you see Jesus Christ uh, die in our place and raised from the grave, when you see his heart, oh, there's a, a, countless ways to respond. But one really good way, a particular way today, is to sponsor a child through Compassion International. And so I'm going to pray and I want you to consider, I've got these three names up here. I don't want you to come and take this and walk off with it unless you're going to sponsor. But we've got these three names. I'm, I'm going to put them, put them up here. And maybe even when I said uh, th- those names or those you know, dates, maybe you thought, well, that's close to my child's birthday or that's my birthday or that's like, you know, my name's Jose or whatever, you know, whatever it might be. But, but come and uh, sponsor these three. We've got 47 more after. But, but I, I believe that the Lord can use this congregation to do a great work today in the lives of many individuals around the world through the name of Jesus. Let's pray. Father, I, I love you. I thank you for the opportunity that we have to...